If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Yeah, I didn't know before I guess we started. I didn't even know you had Instagram. It came on my like suggested follow. I was you like, have Instagram? You do. Unless your mom they asked you, you this do. man. That's and hilarious. I was like, I know this is not him. Even your daughter did. I, I followed you. So oh, yeah, thank you. you know you it's a strange too. life you're living when your dad comes up as a suggested <laughs> follower for you and you didn't know he that had it. You had like you have like a couple hundred posts already. I was really? like you have a lot of posts. I'm sure Missy's doing a good job. I'll just welcome everyone <laughs> to the conversation we're already having. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to the Well That's Good podcast. I have two incredible guests on the podcast today. Um, we have Jace, my uncle, many of you are familiar with from Duck Dynasty Days. And then I also have his daughter, my cousin, Mia, who as well y'all are familiar with. And if you follow her on social media, you've read the books, you've seen her life. This girl is an incredible light to the world. Uh, but today we're just here to talk and have fun. Jace just mentioned he hasn't been on social media in uh, five years. So five years. we can all learn a little bit from that. I, I made the break. Uh, not sure when. I, I think I was, Miss Mia and I were just, you know, when she was, what were you, 14 or 15 years old? And uh, I was trying to do the parental thing. We got to make good decisions with these phones. And we were going through that stage of our life. And somewhere in there, I was just like, and why am I on social media? I mean, yeah. so I, it was just taking so much time of my life. So my family does it for me. Uh, so it's a version of me, I guess. That's so, good. Yeah. But, well, because people can learn from you, even if it's not necessarily you, but you have a great following. So, yeah. And yeah. I think that stuck because next semester I'm going abroad and I don't want to take my phone because, like, I don't know. Like, I just don't like social media. So I went to like my like carrier service. And I was like, I'm going to get a flip phone. He was like, you want to trade in your iPhone for a flip phone? And I was like, yes. Wow. He was like, you should just buy a new one. Like, just keep your phone if you want to turn it on. He was like, I was like, I'm sorry if that's so weird. But he was like, yeah, no, like, that's a great idea. So, so did you get one? I'm getting it. They're like $20 at Target. So oh, I was like, I love this girl. Like, I'm this just going to get one. Real he was deal. trying to get me to buy like the $100 one. I was like, no, I'm just going to. So we're going to bedazzle it, make it cute. Oh so, my gosh. You're I'm about excited. to start a trend. Do you know everyone's about to go to Target and get a $20 <laughs> I'm, flip phone? I'm hoping because I don't, I think I could tell a difference in like wow. the little things with social media, like Dang, the way yeah. I listen and like. Honestly, like my memory, I feel like, I don't wow. know, like makes my attention span shorter. Yeah. So I remember so. the conversation now because I always felt guilty because, you know, Mia, she was born with a cleft lip and palate. She's had multiple surgeries and uh, she handled the process way more than Missy and I. But it is tough when you're a teenager, but I always felt real guilty because I'm like, she didn't ask to be famous or. Yeah. Or, or be in the limelight. And she was constantly, you know, physically changing. And, mm -hmm. you know, teenagers can be mean. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know, we've 
we're partly responsible for putting putting her yeah. in the limelight here. And so yeah. I was, because I'm like, look, you get your approval from God mm-hmm. and the people that love you. And I was trying to shelter her from any, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so part of that, I think I realized, well, you know, if I'm going to speak to my daughter about this, mm-hmm. I need to view God's approval first wow. and the people that love me. And I do a lot of things in the mm-hmm. public, and I'm sure there are many comments on all these social media yeah. things. But I thought, I think I'm just going to stick to doing what God wants me to do. It's great. And not worry about what people think about it. I mean, it's if great. it goes dreadfully wrong, I'm sure, even though I don't have social media, I will find out. You'll find out. But it seems to be going well. That's so. great. That's so good. And whenever I think about that verse, um, you know, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turned it for good. When I think mm-hmm. about Joseph and his life, that is like your life. Like you've had a lot of hard things come at you, but each hard thing I've seen in your life, you take what was meant to harm you and you turn it for good. And you've not only, um, you know, continue to show up online and continue to show up in person with a smile on your face, but like you teach people through the process. You're so wise. Even your first answer, I'm like, all right, we could stop for a minute. Everyone could ponder that, <laughs> that we listen better when we're not on social media. Our attention span, like you have so much wisdom in you. What has that been like growing up famous on social media um, with the challenges that you face in your life? Has that been hard to like welcome people into the journey? Has it been something you've always embraced or what does that look like for you? Um, for me, definitely, I'm, a lot of people like in the world, they really just, I guess now like the like the term is called like clout chasing, but mm. really they just like like people that like they think they can get something from. Mm. Um, and so I learned that probably in elementary school, like people wow. want to be my friend just because like, oh, you're your dad, like who's your dad? Like, oh, that's so cool. And so like at the time, even through high school, like I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I guess it would be my friend. But once they found out that I'm just a normal gal. They can't get things from me. They would go move on, find another friend. And hmm. it really took a toll on me. And I definitely like noticed changes in myself of like, oh, I need to like put on a mask of like, wow. I just don't like, it's kind of hard to explain, but like, it's just kind of like a step up of like the normal high school experience. Like, yeah. oh, you have to be cool. But like, I was like, oh, like these people want to be my friend. I need to figure out who I can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely took a toll on me hmm. Um, just because growing up like that. So now I like in college, I do have a little bit of a wall. I was kind of scared to go to Christian school because I was like, oh, everyone there is going to know me. Yeah. Um, but it's really just been the greatest thing ever. Like, wow. I've only had like a few instances where I'm like, oh, that was kind of odd. <laughs> but um, like some, someone real. came up to me and he was like, um, does your, what did he say? He was like, does your uncle still preach at White Spray Road Church of Christ? I was like, who are, I don't Random. know who you are. He's like, does your brother still do music in Nashville? And I was like, just too random. He this knew is, like he too knew much. That. He knew too much. And I was like, this is kind of weird. But I was like, yeah, like, yeah. But it's definitely like helped me um, more like know who's like, who, like know whose intentions are, who are good. Who loves you for yeah. you. And who, who loves me for me. Yeah, that's so yeah. good. Well, I think it's really cool, Jace, that you're saying like in encouraging Mia to live a certain way and encourage you to live a certain way. Cause I think it's easy to look at the teenager and be like, oh, you might struggle with your identity. Um, whether you had the cleft and pellet or not. I mean, I struggle with my identity. We struggle with physical appearance. You struggle with the different things that most teenagers go through. And then on the 
grand scale of having the whole world have their opinion on you and all that kind of stuff. And even if you're not famous, people feel that. People are Mm -hmm. like worried about what people think about them and they worry about what people have said or a comment can bring them down so much. But people don't expect it as much from you. And I remember my dad sharing with me like things that hurt him that people Mm -hmm. said on Twitter, people said on Instagram. Um, Were you surprised coming into fame how it affected you in ways that maybe you didn't think it would? Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's not something I ever pursued. So and you, so I didn't really recognize it at first. I mean, I went through, I think, the normal process of feeling embarrassed at first. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I remember the first time someone asked me for my autograph, and I said, you don't, you don't want that. <laughs> I mean, because I just thought yeah. I cannot physically do this right now. I yeah. just hadn't thought about it. But uh, at some point, it got to be a responsibility because I thought, I looked back at my whole life and I thought, God has a plan you know, mm. for our family. And my number one struggle as a kid, I've been very open about this, was I was very shy. Mm. And uh, so I dropped speech because I thought it was some kind, it was going to help me with my grammar. And they were like, no, you give speeches here in front of people. And I mean, I walked out of the classroom. Dang. I said, I will never get up in front of people and say wow. anything. So it was a it was a struggle. And uh, really, the Holy Spirit, you know, the greatest counselor in the world, and uh, really taught me that if I'm going to be convicted of my faith in Jesus, I'm just not going to be able to be shy about this. Wow. And so... When I became famous, I thought, well, this is the last thing I would want to want to have for myself is to be in the limelight. But I think I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as an opportunity. So wow. that's just what I'm gonna do. That's I mean, cool. I hear your stories, and I'm like, I have at least three times a day, on average, probably somebody come up to me and just start a conversation. Hey, Jace, I was, and so I have to go through the process. Do I really know you? (laughs) And most of the time, I don't know them, but they know me. Yeah. So I just play along. And (laughs) that's real. It's very awkward. (laughs) That's real. Because they know a lot more about you than you know about them. Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestseller, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, 
thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash woe or just text woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com slash woe or text woe to 500-500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash Sadie Rob summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico, K-I-W-I-C-O.com slash Sadie Rob summer. Like they're sharing their, all the things that they know about you. And then after they share something that they know about you, that mm-hmm. is pretty personal. And then you have to say, and what's your name? Because yeah. you're starting mm-hmm. fresh, you know? But it is cool to like get to know so many new people. And I think yeah. that the thing is, there's a lot of hard things about fame, but there's also like so many beautiful things too. And obviously, um, you know, y'all have a new TV show and y'all podcast mm-hmm. and you continue to put yourself out there. So you're doing it because of that purpose of knowing, you know, even though there are some hard things and there are some weird things, um, I'm not going to be shy about the gospel and I'm not going to be sure. shy about what God's doing in our family's life. And I have to fight these things too. Like part of me wants our little family to just be covered and protected and no one to know my kids' names and no one to know what they look like and all this stuff because the world's scary. But then there's this other part of me that goes, but God has given us this beautiful family um, and 
to really show people what it looks like to love God and to love each other and what a life of faith looks like. And I can point people to Jesus. And so I don't want to be shy about that. You know, yeah, that's exactly. that's a gift God's given me to use um, and not let my fear, or my insecurities get in the way of me showing up and sharing my life. I think one thing that's really cool about our family is that although so much of our life has changed, um, we haven't changed necessarily. Yeah. And I love how you were saying this morning, you were up at 3.30. Oh, what? My husband went hunting with you yesterday. He did. And you want me to tell you something really funny? What's that? Is your grandpa, my dad, Mr. Phil, I don't know if he couldn't remember his name because he's almost <laughs> 80 now, but he referred to your husband as Sadie's man. Sadie's he man? He said, hey, Sadie's man, hand me that bag. Hey, Sadie's man, are you ready? <laughs> hey, Sadie's man. And I was like, That's are we now naming him Sadie's, Sadie's man? man. <laughs> you probably forgot his name. Well, what's funny because I asked Christian, he sent me a selfie of him and Pebbleville, which, um, you know, Pebbleville doesn't really take a lot of selfies. So I was like, oh, how was y'all's time together? And he was like, and it was actually really good. He complimented me. He said, Sadie's man has a good shot. And I was like, is that what he called you? He's like, yeah, that's what he called me, but it was nice. It and was so, really funny. We laughed. He had a it great time. It was one of the best hunts that we've had in years. It was really? fantastic. So I was really glad that he was a part of that. Oh, so. he had the time of his life. But I love that y'all are still doing that. Like you're still hunting in the morning, which that's just what you love to do. What do you, do you feel like doing the things you've always loved has helped you like ground you and secure you as your life has changed so much? It really does. I mean, uh, I commit myself to those nine months that are not in duck season just to get there and stay true to my roots because I love to do it. Yeah. And it gives me an opportunity to kind of go back to when I was 14, looking at God's creation saying, I think someone made this. It's cool. And so that was the first thought I ever had about coming to Jesus was really in a duck blind. You know, my dad, wow. your grandpa, you know, had come to the Lord. But, it, you know, I was kind of the guy like, this probably won't last or whatever. But it was me outdoors just looking around thinking, well, maybe there is something to this. That's cool, yeah. And uh, so I always have purposefully hunted most of the days mm -hmm. of duck season. And uh, this year has been one of the busiest years of my life because our show went from I thought we would do one season to we're going to do four seasons in two wow. years. And we do four podcasts a week. And so I just geared the whole schedule to literally the night before duck season wow. so I could go duck hunting. Yeah. And uh, and on the way, I stopped in Nashville, and we had dinner together as a family because I had been on the road so much. And, yeah. you know, I got kind of teary-eyed. Uh, I I'd just been so busy, and I missed everybody. And, yeah. Uh, so it was awesome. It's and sweet. then opening day, I was just like, I just kind of always make this funny analogy that it's like being reborn because you – you don't hunt for nine months, then you're born again. Hey, and, that's uh, cool. <laughs> then you repeat the process. That's awesome. That's so cool. I love that. I saw those pictures from y'all's night in Nashville and it looked really fun. Mia, I've been seeing you step into being an aunt lately, yes. which is so fun. And um, also just following along your Instagram is really fun for me because I get to see your life and all the friends you're making and uh, being an aunt. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like you're learning in this season of your life? Um. For me, I could talk about how being an aunt is the greatest thing ever for so long because <laughs> Maris and David are literally like, 
I watch them a lot and I just love them so much. So it's definitely just like taking each new day. It sounds like kind of cliche, but like as like the best day. Like I just like waking up every day, especially because I got to go to school a month late Mm -hmm. because of my surgery. And I didn't think that I was going to be able to go to school this semester at all. Mm -hmm. So just I'm like really grateful that it worked out. Like every day I'm like, I get to be at school and I have one in-person class because you know, that's just how it, how it happened. My surgery, <laughs> like, this is the best class ever. Like, that's making awesome. everything, like, this is the greatest thing. Wow. So. You know, you said that simple, but that's actually really profound. And that would change a lot of people's life if they looked at life like that. Because I think a lot of people are prone to see what's wrong with their life. It's like, oh, I didn't get to start school for a month later. And I only get one class. Like, the simple change in language of, this is what I actually get to do. You know, like I get to still go to school. I have an awesome class. I have two great, you know, I have a niece and a nephew. I have great family. We had a day together. Like when you start seeing the world and seeing life as the things to be grateful for and everything as a gift, changes your whole personality, you know, changes your countenance. That's why you walk in here and like your joy is just radiant, which is just so beautiful. But what do you think um, surgeries, because how many surgeries have you had? I've had 15. 15 surgeries so that's no small thing and these are not like small surgeries these are intense hard surgeries do you think that having the surgeries you've had in your life have made you who you are in that way and like what have you learned the most from those things I think it took me a while to just like process it all like I didn't really talk about like growing up like I really didn't talk about my surgeries at all like to my friends like it was just kind of like, oh, got to go to the doctor, got to miss a day of school every six weeks and, you know, drove four hours to Dallas and, like, that was just, like, normal. But it, I just I just didn't realize that, like, other people just didn't have this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in high school, my junior year, I had my 13th surgery. And that's one of, like, the big ones that I have to have, mm-hmm. but they break my top and bottom jaw. Mm-hmm. And that one was really rough. And I was like, yeah, like, it, they told me, they were like, yeah, we're going to have to, like, talk to you and make sure that you're all right after because it's not, like, for, like, my mental health because it's not that I think that I'm ugly when I look in a mirror when I'm, like, swollen and, like, my face has changed, but it's the fact that my face looks different. Hmm. And so where, like, other people may not notice, like, oh, your face kind of looks a little bit different, but it's, like, my face that I, you know, know look in a mirror every day. I know myself, um, and but it looks different. And so it really affects the way that you live your life. Like in photos, it's not like, oh, I look bad. It's but that doesn't that I isn't look me. Different, yeah. So mm. that has well. definitely been what I'm going through right now. After having another big surgery in August, it's not where I'm like, oh, the surgery made me look terrible. It's like, oh, I have to just adjust to the way that it makes me. Like, oh yeah, I look I look different, but that's okay. Wow, I look good. So that's been like my mom has been helping me a lot with that because hmm. like I you know lose weight and I don't look like myself and. People say comments to me all the time, like, oh, are you even eating? Like, mm. you look so small. And my mom is like, she literally had jaw surgery. Of yeah. course, she's not eating normally. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad for her because she always sticks out for me. Yeah. But that's just been a little bit different right now. But it has definitely affected me. But it's also made me feel like stronger. Yeah. Where I know, like, if, you know, I do bad on an exam at school or like I'm having trouble with like a friend or something, it's like, okay like perspective perspective like okay this thing should not take up this much time like I like I have this to worry about and like I just need to pray about this this should not like take its toll on my life Mm. so it's definitely it's good yeah made me become I would say like less dramatic (laughs) less dramatic (laughs) no no her character is uh 
has really come out in a positive way. Because wow. what she, just to help illustrate what she said, the two worst times of this process that has been, you know, it started it when she was born. When the, when the people delivering the baby say, leave the room to the parents, and they're like, we can't, we're not sure if she can breathe on her own. I mean, my perspective changed from that day, mm. you know, moving forward. But the two hardest things for us as parents to do was to hand her off because it was like, we know this is fixed to be terrible for her. They, they're fixing to inflict a lot of pain mm. and bloodshed and the recovery time's gonna be long. And uh, even though you know it's for the best, mm. which made me really reflect on God sending Jesus. Yeah, you know? I, I, mean, I was like, wow. But that was always difficult. And the second thing was every time she came in recovery, uh, her mom and I, we were devastated. And you're like, well, why are you devastated? And I remember the doctor would always look like, why are you so upset? Because we would, you know, we'd cry. And we would be like, because she's different. Because mm -hmm. as parents, you know, when she had her first major surgery, they fixed, I mean, her nose was over here and she had a real oh. big gaping hole. You would think, oh, this is great. But for parents, we had been with her every day, every minute. Yeah. Those little subtleties, they didn't look like imperfections. They didn't look, yeah, like, they you know, hurt. you're looking at them like, well, isn't it, she's cute, you know? <laughs> so her being different Sweet. was just devastating. Yeah. And uh, it was every time after that. So wow. I really understood when she started talking about that from her herself's view that wow. that's a big challenge yeah yeah and big picture you know she's never gone six weeks without seeing a doctor in her life wow which when you start adding all that up you see this has been really tough and mm -hmm. uh i just wanted to add one thing we were talking about this on the way up here uh in an unrelated story but it's like you know when she was being a teenager dealing with because kids can be mean and yeah. they say the wrong things yeah. even saying something about her weight now yeah well, you know, it's just a terrible thing to say. She She's doing the best she can. Yeah. She realizes I'm skinny. I can't eat. Can't I'm eating it. through yeah. a straw for two months. Yeah. What, what do you think? You're going to lose some weight. But people are trying to say something encouraging. They're like, we're worried about you. And you're like, I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. But, and it's just a dumb thing to say. Yeah. But even having said all that, when she was going through a tough time emotionally, just dealing with all that, you know, I got some advice from a counselor friend of mine. He was like, what you gotta realize is what she's had to go through is the equivalent of what our soldiers go through when they go through trauma and you spend all this time alone and you're recovering mm -hmm. from all these injuries and you know, they have that term PTSD. And he said, I think you should allow her to talk about that. Because mm -hmm. think about while all the kids were at school through all these surgeries, she's alone suffering wow. and uh so when we opened that door which i thought that was terrible advice and mm. i was dead wrong <laughs> when she had the ability to talk about all the loneliness and all the pain and all wow. the blood and all the other kids that you see going through these terrible surgeries that just takes a toll on a kid that's wow. tough you need to talk about that yeah and uh i really think it was one of the turning points in her coming to grips mm. with the condition that she has yeah and it really spurred her to want to help other people. Once she kind of looked mm. back at the old self, you know, to yeah. use a spiritual yeah. analogy, she was like, this is just part of it and it's rough. It stinks. Wow. This is something you got to be be willing to walk through. It's a lot of suffering. So uh, I was really proud of wow. her for, for opening up yeah. about how tough that really was. Yeah. 
And uh, so it, it really found a home in our character yeah. to want to help other people wow. and a joy despite, you know, what yeah. the, the lot yeah. in our life. And I didn't talk about it until hmm. I think it was my junior or senior, maybe my senior year. Hmm. Um, yeah. We're on the way back from Dallas and um, my mom was like, hey, we have a like a cleft um, kid's mom is just really struggling. Her daughter had her first distraction surgery, hmm. which is what I had when I was 11. And that was the most painful one I've ever had. They broke, I think, just my top jaw. But, oh, yeah, because then they had to turn it physically every day. Oh, uh, let's not bring that up. I'll start crying. I mean, we, we physically are, had to move oh her jaw. Well, we, yeah. uh, Mom and Missy did it. <laughs> wow. I, I literally Mom couldn't Rhonda. take it. Every wow. day they had to turn a screw that was moving her oh jaw forward. Because your bones are still, like, movable after they break them. So, like, it's. Like it sounds like easy, but it's like oh, they're it doesn't it's sound just, easy. Yeah, it's just like no, okay, it's they're horrifying. better. Yeah, it sounds they're really more horrible. like able to move yeah. like, quicker after surgery. So uh, people were like, oh yeah, like that key when you have an expander. We're like, no. <laughs> they were like trying to relate. I'm like, no. no we're it's moving like, the jaw forward yeah. despite her being uh, in complete agony. It's hard to uh. understand, but like it really that's did what happened. And like mom's friend, who was a nurse, she would bring over a little snow cone for me every day, and I would just like eat it and wait for my mouth to get a little numb and then we would do it mm. um, i would walk outside and pray and, yeah because i just i, I couldn't watch thing. her suffer to no, that degree no it was just, i don't know so oh my gosh this little girl was going through that and like she wasn't even talking to her mom because i mean it is your mom that is doing that pain to you which is just like another level it's like it's for the best kind of like what he was saying but like but it's, it's hard because she's like that's my mom you're supposed to like take <sighs> care of me yeah um and she like wasn't talking to her mom she wasn't speaking she was just like hadn't spoken like was just crying for a couple weeks um and she was like i asked my mom if she could call us and i had never even talked about that surgery before and it happened like 12 years before that mm. so i was like pretty nervous but when the mom called she was just crying and she was like i don't know what to do and me and mom hadn't even like discussed what we were going to talk about and i was just like you're just gonna have to like kind of just suck it up like you're like you're wow. like you're not in pain like it's your daughter you got to do it for her so when mom would be in my mouth she, i would like scream and she'd be like oh she'd take her hand and i'm like no you got to do it girl you can wow. do it so i'd be wow. like just do it so i'm like it's only bad for like a week and a half and then it's like every day is a little bit better because you're not a swollen so you yeah, know your stitches you are healing so it's okay when people are in your mouth like with your stitches are healing wow so that was when i was like i think I was kind of like called, I guess, like I felt, I guess the Lord being like, you need to help other people because we did help her. Um, and she was just crying on the phone, like, thank you so much. Like the doctors just, they didn't mm -hmm. really tell me that it was this bad. Like we mm -hmm. just didn't know. Yeah. Um, and there's only so much like they don't go home with us. Yeah. So they don't really know what it's like because they just it. do it and then they send us on our way. They're like, oh, yeah, you got to do this every day, quick and easy. Yeah. And oh. that's just not like so I, not, not how it is. After her first week. So we were, I was like, well, I performed terribly. I couldn't even watch. Mm -hmm. So they take her back to the doctor. We think that's over. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, Missy, you got through it. Mia, great job. Mm -hmm. The doctor says, well, it's not moving enough. So oh. now we have to do it three times a day. Oh, and I remember gosh. hitting the floor. I just, just went limp and hit the floor. I was like, three uh. times a day. So it, it is, it's the devil is in the details of all this mm -hmm. because it is a tough, tough yep. tough recovery process that you go through and you got to remember from everybody's perspective in our family and from the doctors we're trying to help her breathe better 
talk better, uh, and eat mm-hmm. easier. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is seeing it like, oh, well, you look so much better. I you know, and you're like, you look like, I mean, look, this yeah. is way more comp. We'll get to that later, yeah. but get past that, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what's so tough about it's it. It's so like, I'm so glad you're sharing because even me, like, I'm your cousin. I've seen you your whole life and I just feel like emotional because I just, you don't know. You know, you don't, you don't know. And I never knew the extent of what you walk through. And I think a a part of that is because I wasn't up close and seeing it, but also it is, you carry yourself so well and you are so strong. And your advice just a second ago was like, every day is a good day. And so it's like, how do you go through that and you live like this? I mean, I can only attribute that to your faith and your parents being who they've been in your life and um, your community, but you're who you are, who God designed you and knit you together in Missy's womb to be and to become. It's remarkable. I mean, um, you know, devil didn't know who he was messing with whenever, you know, you, you know, you're taking these things, but then not only are you just, um, going through them with the strength that you are, but then you have the capacity to then give to others and tell another mom, you're going to have to do this for your kid. Like you're just incredibly strong. So I think I just didn't realize because I see you for that strength, but it's so good for you to share just the vulnerability and the authenticity of what it really is like and like giving people insight in. Cause I think just as people, we are so shallow. Like we're mm-hmm. thinking it's like, oh, you, you look different. It's like, no, I am different. Like yeah. I am different because my life has been different than yours, you know, and what I've learned from it, you can actually learn from. And it's mm-hmm. a lot more than being skinny or being different or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I also, even when you were saying that about seeing your daughter and even the things that were different about her was who she was and it's what oh, you yeah. loved and you being you looking in the mirror it might be different but it's who you are it's what makes you beautiful it's what makes you original it's what makes yeah. you unique so when that changes it's it's a tragedy because you're like no like that's who mm-hmm. i was but then so many people walk in through life it's like they so don't like the things that make them different than everybody else mm-hmm. they try to change they try to conform and that's a great tragedy you know that they're not recognizing the way that god designed them and they're taking for granted what they what they were designed to be. And so you're just painting such perspective for so many people listening. And then even what you were saying, the heart of a father to have to watch their child go through something so hard, but knowing it's for good. I mean, that is the story of the gospel. Like God so loved the world that he sent his son. Mm -hmm. You say, we say that verse just so flippantly because it's so quotable, but it's like a father sent his son to be in pain knowing that it would save the rest of us for the greater good and that we would have the hope of heaven. Like that's crazy love. It's crazy love. One of the things I thought about too is, uh, you know, Jesus, he did so many miracles and he helped people. And so one little subtle thing that you don't really think about is when he had uh, Simon carry his cross, well, you know, he could have just snapped his fingers. It wasn't that he wasn't able Mm -hmm. to carry his own cross. He could have done it. Just, it would have been a, snapshot moment of what God is doing, but he allowed that help. Hmm. And even though he's given up his life, you know, for all us and you think, why in the world is that in the Bible? Wow. And, uh, but you realize the first time that, that when Mia stepped up and said, you know, I, I, I want to help other people mm-hmm. and, and her charity was formed, which is other kids that have gone through similar things like she has. And look, they've been beaten and, 
and battered. And there's a lot of kids that have gone through way worse things. And we've met families that have two kids that have had to go wow. through. We actually have a few of those. But the first time we all got together and invited the families we've helped, which we've helped 170 families, wow. you know, it's as amazing. of now, and connected them all with each other. Because wow. you need what that connection, yeah. which to go back to my point about Simon carrying that cross, there, there's something about connecting in that That's and needing beautiful. help, yeah. even in the smallest of details, that is very powerful. That's but beautiful. I remember looking around and I remember seeing Mia step up and I thought, they, they need us. Mm-hmm. This this is a battered group. Mm. So I'm real proud of you. That's beautiful. This is so sweet. I'm so glad y'all wrote the podcast. <laughs> I had to like fight tears because I'm like hosting a podcast right now. But everything y'all are saying is just extremely powerful. I'm so proud of you, Mia, like as my yeah. cousin and have so much to learn from you. I've always learned from you. I just have to tell this story um, because you're supposed to be in the choir this year at mm-hmm. conference. And um I really don't know if I'm going to be able to tell this without crying because it was so sweet. But you were going to be in the choir and then the surgery popped up. And you were like, no, I have to be in the choir, Sadie. Like, I, this, I've been looking forward to this all year. And your voice is beautiful. You sing so well. And, <laughs> and also just your posture of worship is so beautiful. I would, of course, want you to be in the choir. But you had the surgery. And was it like a week before? I mean, it, it was... It was like, like two weeks. Two and a half weeks. It was not much time. It was not much time. And so you're basically like, I'm going to have to be in a wheelchair, but I want to do is there anyway. And like everything in me wanted to be like, yes, but we didn't have the wheelchair accessibility up to the stage. And also I was like kind of worried about you. I was like, are you going to be able to be like fully up there and all the hype of it? And like you're two weeks post-surgery, like, are we sure this was a smart idea? And I'm like, next year, for sure, no doubt front row, wherever you want to be in the choir, shoot, you can lead the choir, you know, (laughs) but like maybe since the way that it's all accessible, it won't work this year. Mm -hmm. Well, I sat behind you and I haven't told you this, but I have a picture of you. Um, I was behind you, a picture of you and you were in your wheelchair and you were worshiping, your hands are up and it just uh, really got me. And I took a picture of it to send you next year. I was going to save it and send it to you next year when you're on stage worshiping because, um, you know, being on stage is a beautiful thing because you can lead, but like you lead in the private moments so loudly and you lead in the public moments. Like who you are on stage is just a, a small percentage of what people people get to see a small percentage of just the well of wisdom that you are and your personal life. And I have learned so much from just watching you from afar. Um, That moment was super huge for me because I know how badly you wanted to do it. And it wasn't because you wanted to be on stage. It was just because you wanted to be a part of the room. You just wanted to be worshiping with the room, but you were a part of the room and you were worshiping and you were leading because I sat behind you and I was watching you and you were leading me in worship. And it was just a really powerful thing. So the way you've lived your life is just, it's just beautiful. Like it truly is so inspiring. Um, I love that you brought your Bible too. And I noticed y'all both have your Bibles. I know you travel everywhere with your Bible. I do. And seeing you now travel everywhere <laughs> with your Bible. Um, speak a little bit into, because, you know, we all have incredible parents, both of us. And our family's amazing. Everyone has gotten to see our family on Duck Dynasty and learn from them. Maybe they listen to our family's podcast. Maybe they read our family's books. But there was a time where our faith had to become our own faith, right? And if it didn't, you wouldn't be sitting here with your Bible. You know, you'd be chilling like, I'm Jason's daughter, but you're Mia. <laughs> (laughs) and you have your own thing 
when do you feel like you shifted from my parents' faith, I'm a part of the Robertson family, to I'm Mia and this is what Jesus did in my life? I would say beginning of senior year. I like distinctly remember like the switch in me. I got baptized um, in June of 2021 by like, I guess, Papa Field. And um, that was just a really big shift for me. I remember asking God just like, there was just so much doubt. I just had my major surgery and I was like, Lord, like I just need to know that you're still walking through, like walking like through my life with me. Mm. And I just like, I just feel alone. I don't like know who to talk to. I mean, a counselor that summer, her name was Claire. And um, she would not mind me telling the story, but like literally our lives were just so similar in what we had gone through. And um, she just gone through just like a hard time in the previous years. And she looked at me and she was like, if I had to go through this again, just to meet you and help walk with you through this, like I would. Mm-hmm. And, and she was like, I literally never talk about like my past or anything, but like I've just suffered just feeling alone, just like going through all these things. And just, I thought I had no one with me. And then it was just amazing. I was like, Lord, that was the Lord literally like, you need to tell me of this story, Claire. And that was the Lord being like, I'm still with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so decided to get baptized. And then I think, I guess that fall, I decided to like really make my wow. walk with Christ. And I could tell the switch even on social media. That's cool. I didn't even acknowledge that of the following. I just posted what like what I wanted. And if people commented didn't know, I would delete them. Like I was like, nope, this is for my friends. Like yeah. I don't want any part of this. Like I want to be a private account. Like I can't do this. Like I feel pressured. Um, And then I was like, I think, why don't I just use my platform? There's so many people now that would literally like, they want this. This is what they wake up and they're like, I want to get more followers. I want to get more likes. Like, and I was like, I already have this. Like, mm. I should use it for good. And I posted. It's cool. Like, my first post, like, like about Jesus. And it was, like, a lengthy one. And I was like, I'm not even called to do this. Like, I'm not wise at all. Like, what is this? And it was just, like, how I see Jesus in each one of my friends and just, like, that's cool. in my life. And I got, I guess, shadow banned. I don't know if that's the word. Oh, wow. But, like, yeah. lost followers, like, likes cut in half. And I was like, I don't care. As long as one person sees it, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. So I guess ever since then, the shift has, That's like, cool. I've seen it in myself and it's evident more and just like how I, it's kind of silly, but like how I type my posts. It's just like, yeah. I can tell, like, I would have never written that. Yeah. I was didn't want to, like, acknowledge Jesus. Like, I was like kind of embarrassed. Like, mm. oh, I don't want people to criticize me. And I'm yeah. like, cares like they yeah. need to know this so yeah i think that's the switch come on girl that's awesome well that's what i think i think you know i've heard people say to me sadie i love what you're doing like i'm a christian and i love it you share your faith but i'm not gonna do that on my platform because i'll lose followers i'm like i'll lose followers too yeah but that's not i'm not posting about my faith to gain followers mm-hmm. and post about faith because i believe one is the most important thing in my life i believe that's the best thing i could give anyway if people are going to follow me then um, the only real benefit that would be is if I'm leading them to follow Jesus, you know, Mm -hmm. if I'm giving them something of value, if I'm influencing them for good. And so I'm like, you know, I think for the people saying that, if they really would taste and see how good God is, Mm -hmm. if they really had a true relationship with Him, then I think um, the value of having followers, that would just start to minimize, you know, because that's not as important as Mm -hmm. people really knowing the good news of Jesus. And so I, I love that that you had that shift in your like, nope, this is what it's all about. And we actually, Ella Worship, we just wrote a song. It's not out yet, but it's called Followers. And it's basically like, I don't care if it costs me followers as long as I'm following you. And that's like the whole premise of the song yeah. because that cannot be, you know, I think so many of us, we're so um, 
we're like conformed by, truly conformed by the pattern of this world and not transformed mm-hmm. by the renewal of our mind. And so I love that you're doing that. Speaking of sharing the gospel, I know on y'all's TV show, you're about to, did you just preach the gospel or something on this last episode? Tell no. us about what that looks like. For Well, we do a lot of things. And uh, and I've been doing this treasure hunting show, which has been fun. And uh, it, it has a Duck Dynasty feel in that, you know, because I got this idea from the Bible. I mean, there's a lot of illustrations about finding lost treasure and then it That's causing cool. joy. I mean, the whole Luke 15 is Jesus is eating with tax collectors and sinners. And the Pharisees, the religious people are like, well, who's he? he's claiming to be religious, but look who he's with. I mean, mm-hmm. he's with the riffraff here. No upstanding religious person would be doing that. So Jesus tells three stories. And the most famous one is, you know, the lost son, but... There's one about finding a lost coin in there and hmm. about the joy that happens not only on earth when you find something of value that's lost, but in heaven, there's rejoicing in heaven. And for Jesus to use that as an illustration for why he loves every single person, no matter what they did, I thought, maybe I should try treasure hunting. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> so I got into it. And the irony of the show is what is the true treasure? It, the it's a subtle irony in all the episodes, even though we're finding all this lost history and relics and old coins, you, f- you figure out it's not about what we find. It's what, how do you really define true treasure? Sometimes it's the 75 year old lady who is so hospitable That's that cool. the whole episode became about hospitality. Yeah. She was just awesome. So we did a Christmas episode, but it was the first episode that I watched that I was really proud of. That's and, uh, cool. It's, it's coming out December 17th on Fox News. It, it's available, you know, pay-per-view on Fox Nation. But on the 17th, they're just running it. And uh, it was not really our intent. It was about family. That was kind of the theme. But it just morphed into how God gave up his family for us so that we could be a part of a forever family. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in there, Jesus was highlighted, and especially in the last few minutes of it. But and Mia was there, and she sang fresh off of surgery. You were talking about that, and I thought about that. Wow. I, mean, she, I think your mouth was still wired, but you played the piano and sang. Me and Reed did a little worship song wow. together. Yeah, and she's fresh off of surgery. And uh, it was just, it seemed real. It seemed authentic, because it was. We just it had was, Christmas yeah. a little earlier mm-hmm. so they could film it, but it felt like it Christmas. It felt like Christmas. <laughs> we yeah, just went awesome. all bored, and our show's not scripted, so it just we just did mm-hmm. Christmas together. That's awesome. And uh, so I'm really proud of it. And uh, I want to end with this because when when Mia played that night, and we sang a couple songs, and they played it at the end, and it was it was downright moving. Uh, I was moved just because we really were focused on our family and and how God has brought our family together and and who Jesus is. But it, when I saw the transition in her life, is because she would constantly be bored when she would go through a surgery and find ways to just get through the day. Mm-hmm. One of them, she played uh, the piano, and, and she plays it really good. But before she had this transfer to the Lord, she played the piano. And uh, <laughs> so, so just her, the emotion. You want me to say it or no? So he's told me this story before, but like when I would play, it wasn't, it was just like, 
chords and things. And then whenever I like, you know, turned to God, I would play worship. Even last night we were playing worship. And now it's like, it was like when I used to play, it was just a scheduled song and I would just practice it. And now like, it'll be 40 minutes of, we'll just be playing and it's all spontaneous. I do worship nights at school now and it's all, we'll be there for hours. And it's just all spontaneous because mm-hmm. it's like, gave my life to the Lord. I got his Holy Spirit and he's guiding me. And it's like, I'll be playing a song and then a song will come to my head from that I haven't heard in four years. Mm. And it will just like, mm. oh, hey, like I can just, it's literally just the Lord. And I just didn't have, like I wasn't following him like my, my own faith before. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's what you were going to say. I think but, I'm, I'm thinking I'm good now. Wow. But what I was going to say wow. is she couldn't wow. talk, but you could, you know, I'm just sitting there listening. I was like. I can tell the spirit has moved into her life mm. just from the passion of the chords. Mm. And I'm not wow. a musician other than blowing a duck call. <laughs> that qualifies. But the reason I get moved about wow. the last time I told this story, I got moved at the wow. Mia Moo event and I couldn't talk for five minutes. But, and I'm fine with crying because Jesus wept. And I never cried till we have Mia. I was never a crier. Wow. But, uh, it, you know, it just, you can't help but cry. It, it's sad. But I just thought, man, isn't that cool that even though she can't speak and she's recovering through this surgery, you literally can sense her spirit Mm. in the way she's playing the chords. Wow. And it was joy despite incredible suffering. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You know, normally I'm a um, I can sit through a podcast and I cry later. This has been the most like fight your tears to get through a podcast in the best way though it's just beautiful and i think like mia something that is so true about your life is um it's really what you just said like she wasn't able to talk but the gifting that god put in your life and being empowered by the holy spirit and the fruit of who you was just flowed out of you in the form of music but even beyond just you sitting by on the piano, it's the same thing. You don't have to even talk. It You're so yeah. filled with his spirit. You're so filled with his love. And you say things like they're so casual, but they're so huge. Like if, if someone got what you said so casually spoken, it would change their life. You said, yeah, you kind of were like, oh, I take over for him. You know, basically, you know, I gave my life to the Lord. I got filled with the spirit and I can just do this. That's profound, you know, like you gave your life to the Lord. He is faithful to his promise and filled you with his spirit. And you were able to do something you could not have previously done that not only blesses you, but it blesses everyone around you. And friends who are listening, it's the same for your life. Like getting invited into a relationship with the Lord, giving your life to him, realizing that John 3, 16 is not just a great verse to quote, but it's a great um, idea of the love. It gives you a great picture of the love of God that he truly gave his son to die on the cross for you so that you could have an opportunity to be in relationship with him and be empowered by his spirit now before you even get to heaven to receive the gifts of heaven right here on earth to minister to others around you. Like if you get that in your life, everything changes right now. Everything changes for you. Um, I'm so proud to be a part of this family and I'm so proud to learn from both of you. I'm so excited that y'all show has done as well as it's done. It's continued to um, put more episodes out there because people need a godly example out there in the world. I'm grateful for y'all just preaching the gospel and staying true to who you are. And Mia, God is just 
beginning, I believe, all the ways that he's going to use you. And I'm, I know social media can be annoying. I know it can be frustrating. I know it can be tempting to quit, but I hope you don't because people need to learn from someone like you. You're an influencer worth following and um, you have a lot to say. So go get your flip phone, live your best life, and then come back and get back on your iPhone and show the world what a light looks like. So thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you.